If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hi, this is Heather Bayer, and this is Vacation Rental Success, episode number 64. And this is probably the last one I'm going to be doing as a solo show for a little while. I'll be back on track next week with uh, with interviews. It's been a funny old um, four weeks, really, having spent two weeks, two wonderful weeks in Exuma on vacation. I then came back and Mike and Andrea went away with their kids on their vacation Uh, So, no, I got that wrong. Mike and Andrea didn't go away with their kids on vacation. Mike and Andrea went away on vacation and left me with their kids. And that's the reason that um, I haven't been getting to grips with uh, or haven't been having the interviews that I'd expected to do because uh, I had totally forgotten what it is like to have a one-year-old and a a two-and-a-half-year-old around like 24 hours a day. Having said that, the two and a half year old is at full-time school, which is uh, pretty neat that I can drop her off at nine o'clock in the morning and pick her up at 3.30. But still amazing how time-consuming children are. And I have to say, Mike, I'm sure you're probably listening to this, that uh, I have full sympathy with you now. I really appreciate uh, what it is like to have both the little sproglets around all day long and and have very little time to yourself it uh, it's quite amazing how uh, how much time they actually take so anyway i'll be back on track next week uh what's upcoming will be um my next mashup with matt looking forward to that and i've had a couple of questions that have uh, come from uh from listeners they've come through on speakpipe which is that if you if you go on to the website at cottageblogger.com and go to the link on the right hand side you'll see a, a thing that says speakpipe and you can just use that just to record a message to leave it with us and a couple of people have done that and have left us with some questions and I'm really really looking forward to exploring those questions with Matt when we get to talking next week so there's still time if you've got any questions about anything to do with the vacation rental industry perhaps it's something to do with marketing that you'd like Matt to um answer or maybe it's something to do with more of the operational aspect of your property that uh, that perhaps I can answer the question on then please do leave us a message and those of you who have left the speak uh, speak pipe messages watch out for my next episode with Matt because we may very well be answering your questions live on the podcast so what else has been happening um i believe i mentioned in the last podcast that um we we actually bit the bullet and bought a piece of land in great exuma and we'll be building a property on that land as soon as I have sold my current two rental cottages. And I'll come back to that in a minute. Once we've sold the cottages, we'll immediately go into the design and building phase. And this is going to take nine months to a year. We know that. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. 
and I'm going to be tracking it every step of the way because I intend opening the doors to the rentals with a full raft of reservations. I'm not going to leave it until we're ready to roll to start marketing. I'm going to be doing it way, way in advance, letting prospective guests know exactly what the place is going to be like. Um, I'll have a, a full website up way in advance of the property being finished and we'll be talking a lot about the local area. Now, what I do intend doing is assembling a team of the absolute best in the business to help me with every aspect of this project, with the interior design, with the decoration, with furnishing, and of course, with marketing. And uh, I have already been talking today to Alan Egan about um, getting my website set up. Now, I have been doing a website for one of my existing cottages uh, using Alan's new WordPress course as, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to be doing shortly is to review that course. So I've been creating a website by going through the course. So I've asked Alan if he's if he would be willing to help me out with the new Bahamas project and help me create the best website ever. So watch this space. Oh, and the other thing, and I'm going to, I'll put a link to Alan's WordPress course at the end of this, um, at the end of the show notes, because I have to say, I have been trying to learn WordPress for years, really, honestly, years. And I can sort of get into the back end of it and I can post, you know, I can put up a blog post. I can do a little bit of the media, a little bit of adding photographs. But I've never really understood about themes, about widgets, about plugins, about things called APIs. All these things are in Alan's course. And he is, he's got to be hands down one of the best teachers that I've ever come across. Um, so go take a look at Alan's WordPress course. I'm doing it. Some of my good friends in this business are doing it. People like um, Amy from uh, wherewaterfalls.com. Uh, Amy Bloomquist, I interviewed her very recently. Amy's doing the course. And anyway, I'm not going to say too much more about it because once I've got my first cottage website up, I will be doing a complete review of Alan's WordPress course. But I want you to go check it out now anyway because um, it's it, it's just, I'm on module two and I really think it's the best. So that's where I'm at with my new build in the Bahamas. And as I say, I can't start anything until we've sold our current cottages. So that's another project. I have two to sell, Kingfisher Cottage, which we've owned for about three years, and Osprey Cottage, which is our sort of flagship. It's always been the flagship in our uh, rental management business because of the enormous volume of bookings that it gets. And if I can put that into perspective, here in Ontario, our season is generally July and August, eight weeks. If we can get a week before and a week at the end, so like the last week of June and the first week of September, 
as booked out as well, then most people are pretty happy. That is, you know, that that's that's how the bookings go in this part of the world. But um, you know, Osprey is is just pretty phenomenal. It rents certainly all of July and August, um, usually the full amount of June and September, most of October, and then from then on, it's just about every weekend going through the winter. So it's been a, a, a phenomenal investment for us. And, and I'm guessing that, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm not guessing actually, I know exactly what the income is. And when I do the the sale of the rental business project, I'm going to be very upfront with all our costings and and show exactly what the income is, what the outgoings are, and and how to sell a rental, a vacation rental as a business. So uh, so that that's my major focus at the moment. I'm selling both cottages as businesses. Uh, both of them are fully booked for this upcoming summer. So anybody coming along and buying is going to be, and I, I think this is really neat, you're going to buy a vacation rental property. Uh, let's say it's closed in the beginning of June. For Osprey Cottage itself, there's probably $30,000 in rental income already there. Uh, so the incoming investor, buyer, has absolutely nothing to do. They're just going to take that income. Um, obviously, I've built, we're building that in to the sale of the property. But it's interesting that um, 80, 80% of the guests this year are returning for at least the second time, the majority of them for the fourth and fifth and sometimes six or seventh times. So when selling a business like this, it is really selling recurring income. So uh, so I'll be I'll be documenting every part of that process as well. So that seems like I've been I'm going to be pretty busy and of course we have been pretty busy and just to announce that our real for VR real estate course will be kicking off in big time in March. Um, my project partners who are um, Erica Muller, who is a Florida realtor. Uh, anybody who did uh, Antonio's Vacation Rental World Summit last year will remember Erica as the speaker on um, vacation rental real estate. Erica and I and Mike, as our third partner, um, have created an eight-module course to help realtors sell properties to vacation rental buyers. I mean, we know as as vacation rental owners that this is an entirely different animal than just buying a property as a vacation rental home, As a, sorry, as a vacation home. If you're going to buy a property with the explicit purpose of renting it out, you want to have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted at the very outset. So you want to know things like what is the incoming tourism demographic? What is the seasonality of the area? Are there any rental restrictions and regulations? Who are the best property managers in the region? What do I need to know in order to rent a property in this location the best? So what we're trying to do with this course is to help real estate agents 
understand that their buyers of vacation rental properties are going to come with all these questions and uh, and to help them answer them so once again there is um the the link to real for vr and some videos that Erica and I have put together are at the, uh, the on, on the show notes. So go take a look at that. So this is going to be a bit like last week. This is going to be a relatively short podcast, but it's one that um, I wanted to talk about now because I'm already beginning to think about my, vac- my, my Bahamas home and doing the research because clearly we would not have bought land and planning on building a property in this area unless we were absolutely positive that the rental market is capable of supporting yet another property and supporting it at the right rate, the rate that I want to achieve in order to get my return on the investment. So one of the things that I would always do as part of the research process is to spend a lot of time looking at the reviews of other other properties. And this is really important regardless of whether you're starting something new or whether you've been in the business a long time and you just need a little bit of a nudge as to what can I do better? What is it that I do well that I could do more of? And is there anything that guests can tell me that I actually didn't know? And in fact, there's a ton of there's a ton of stuff that you can learn from reviews. And I'm going to give you six things that you can learn from reviews, which will give you some idea of, of some suggestions to go away, have a look at your own reviews and other reviews, and and perhaps get some really good nuggets of information that will help you take your rental, as we often say, to the next level. So reviews are always more than just an opportunity to pat yourself on the back. I mean, they are that, of course. We love to bask in the glow of compliments about our homes and about the service we give. But these reviews are just a reservoir of suggestions, recommendations, and ideas, and they can provide you with so much information on what you can do to improve the experience for your guests. So number one thing is just finding out what your guests really like about your place. So it's interesting to find that that the things that they like the most are often those little touches. And it's really strange that sometimes it's the the things that you don't really think about too much. You just do as a matter of course, but those are the things that have the most impact. So when you really pay attention, you might find that the majority of reviews and comments focus on what your guests saw, heard and felt when they actually arrived and walked in the door. And it just goes to show how important a first impression is. Just in a, a little look through some reviews, I came across these. I loved that there was music playing. The place smelled really fresh and clean. And and this one is from um, Mike's, a couple of reviews on Mike's Seabreeze Cottage. We liked our names written on the chalkboard. It makes us feel, it made us feel really welcome. You know, 
I mentioned well, this. This is a year or so ago, and I remember mentioning that to Mike, saying, "You know, you every time that you write your guest names up on the chalkboard, and it says welcome. I might might say welcome Jane, Bill, and the children, and Fred the dog, or whatever. I mean, Mike actually uh, does go into detail and mentions every name, including the children. Quite amazing how impactful." that little thing is and i i heard it from uh, it was in the it was not only on a rev, on a um, a trip advisor review for mike but it was also in the guest book that that one of the guests said that their children were totally bowled over by the fact that their names were written on the board and and they never stopped talking about it and telling their friends about it so you know really pay attention to what your guests are saying that they like because that is often the most impactful things that they're finding about the place. So of course the second thing we've got to think about is what what could you do better? And this I guess we're touching on negative reviews here. And let's not get hung up on the negative reviews because you will get one at some stage. We all get them. Um, there's some people who just don't have it in them to be positive. And, you know, even a nice comment might be tempered with a but or if this had happened, it might have been better. But whatever they say, learn from it. Make a change. Do it differently next time. And then write a pleasant, non-defensive response that just describes what you've done to improve the situation. And you often find that the guests really don't like leaving five star reviews because that 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 they don't do anything they don't ever do anything like that they don't like to say that something is perfect and leaving a five star review means it's perfect so occasionally you're going to get a four star review and they're going to mention something that you missed out. I loved a book I read many many years ago that uh, that that was titled a complaint is a gift. And I've always remembered that because how will you know that there's something, you could do something better if nobody tells you about it? So look at it. Every negative review is a real gift. Somebody's taken it upon themselves to let you know that they were not as happy or as comfortable as they would have liked to have been. They're not necessarily asking for a refund or a rebate. They just want you to know that if you'd done something a little bit differently, it might have made their experience better. So all you do is you make that change and then you let them know that you've done it. So thirdly, reviews tell you how your competition might be winning your clients. Because your potential guests are going to be looking at other listings as well. Um, and these will include your direct competitors. So you should be every week checking their feedback to see what they're doing well and just ensure you're doing the same. You know, quite often there's no reinventing the wheel here. You just, it's, it's all been done before. So go to your competitors' websites, read their reviews Make notes on what their guests are saying that they really like. Make notes on what their guests are saying that they don't like and make sure you don't do that either. But make sure you are reading. 
their reviews. It's really worthwhile combing through the reviews to find those little nuggets that allow you to be more competitive. So fourthly, your reviews will show you the amenities that your guests are finding important. I mean, the last two places I rented were both lacking the most important amenity for me, um, and I'm a true Brit. When I say the last two places, I don't mean the one we rented most recently, because it did have a kettle. But the previous two had no kettle, and I have written, <laughs> I've written extensively about lack of kettles before. Because I could go without most things, but not being able to make a decent cup of tea seriously impacts the start to my day. And boiling a mug of water in a microwave just doesn't cut it. So when I wrote reviews of both properties, I mentioned that I actually had gone out and bought them a kettle in thanks for giving us such great accommodation. And hoped that other owners might see that feedback and made, make, to make sure that they have that amenity available. So, you know, once again, uh, you know, amenities really do make or break a property. And it could be you're reading through reviews, other people's reviews, and you see them talking about Wi-Fi. It happens so often that Wi-Fi is, is the be-all and end-all of many people's vacations. No matter how beautiful a location or how wonderful the amenities and features, if the Wi-Fi is not working properly, it can have a huge impact. So take a look through reviews, yours, your competitors, and find out what amenities are the important ones. So number five, in the reviews, you're going to find out whether your photos are actually doing their job. Because the comment you don't want to see is the photos didn't do the place justice. Because this actually means that what your guests are seeing when they get there is better than they expected. So I guess you could say this is a good thing. After all, if you're under-promising in your listing and over-delivering on arrival, you're getting tremendously happy guests. However, you may never know how many potential guests you've lost along the way. You know, the ones who clicked away from your listing because it just because it didn't catch their attention because the photos were not as good as they could have been. You can still over-deliver in other ways, uh, let's say a guest gift, but please don't risk losing customers by showing pictures that are not stunning in every way. And so anytime you see that on a review, the photos don't do the place justice. It's time to do something with your photos. And number six, if your reviews will tell you if you are surprising your guests and that comment should ring alarm bells. And it's the comment that says, I didn't expect. For example, I didn't expect the neighbours to be so close. Or I didn't expect the last few miles to the property to be on such bad roads. Or I didn't expect there to be that many steps down to the beach. And you know, going back to Wi-Fi, I didn't expect there to be limits on the Wi-Fi. This comment such as this, any comments that show your guests have been surprised in any way alert you to a deficiency in disclosure in your listing and in the information that you send to your guests prior to their stay. You don't want your guests to have any surprises at all. Uh, unless, of course, it's of the very good kind, like a 
like like the lovely welcome basket of fresh baked goods, local produce, and a bottle of wine from the nearby winery. Um, but think about anything, and I really mean anything, that might make them even mildly unhappy or concerned and get it covered off well up front. And you know, going from those I didn't expect issues, these are often very important. You know, they're the ones of privacy, accessibility, and Wi-Fi restrictions. So those are my six things that you can learn from reviews. And apart from anything else, it's a ton of fun. Just spending, you know, if you've got half an hour, 10 minutes even, just go through a couple of properties, look through their reviews and find out what it is that guests really love or really don't love in your area. So that brings me to the end of this podcast episode. I'm probably one of the last solo ones I'm going to be doing for a little while because I'd really love the interviewing. Uh, I just so enjoy talking to people. And now I'm back into the swing of it. I'll be uh, going on to interview a lot more successful owners over the next couple of months. And uh, these are going to be people that have have done something a little bit different. Maybe they've, um, I'll be interviewing some of the people that have been doing Alan's course on, um, on WordPress. I'm going to be interviewing some owners who are really doing a great job on social media, such as Pinterest and Instagram, because that's something that uh, we, we can all, I think we can all improve on. Um, and anything else? I mean, let me know. Let, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know if there's something else you'd like me to talk about, somebody else you'd like me to interview. Is it you? Um, have you got something really great that you'd love to share? I love talking to people as as anybody who knows me. Um, doing the interviews is, is pretty simple and easy. Um, I don't tend to ask tough questions. I leave that to others. Um, so yeah, get at it. Send me an email, send me a note and, uh, share what you've got and we'll get you on the air. As ever, anything that I've talked about, and there's been quite a few things today I've talked about that will be in the show notes. So just go down to the bottom of the show notes and you can click on all those links. And of course, Mike will always put that link to the iTunes, um, reviews. If you'd go along there and leave me a review, that would be very wonderful. So until next week, thank you once again for tuning in and uh, I'll be with you again very, very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. 